I'm Roger Perry. I'm the lead pastor here at Christ Church, and uh, we are uh, celebrating um, a, a, a wonderful day today. I, I don't know why, but I just know it's a good day. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Um, yes, it is my birthday, and you know they say you know going from the 30-somethings to 40 is, is really a struggle. I don't think it is. I, I think it feels pretty good. So. And now you get 10 yeah. years experience, right? <laughs> hey, I wanna, uh, before we get started with the worship, I want to just uh, call your attention to some things that are, that, are, that are happening. As you can see, one thing, next week is our prayer weekend, our prayer day, and Terry, Dr. Terry Teekle will be here. He is an internationally known author and speaker on prayer. He's, he's invested his career and his life to teach about prayer. I have been strongly influenced by Dr. Tickle and also Joy has, and we are excited to bring him to, to Christ Church. And we, uh, <clears throat> we will be having him here at 9.15 and 10.35, and then we're going to have a meal, a, a, chicken, a chicken meal, and then after that he'll be doing a, a workshop. So I want you, I want you to come I want you to camp out here. You may want to actually come at 9.15. I know that that's just going to be really hard to do, but get up early and come to 9.15 because he's going to have two different messages. He'll have a different message at 9.15, another one at 10.35, and then he will have uh, also teaching, a different, different teaching in the afternoon. Uh, folks, this is important. Can you hear me? This is important. I want you to clear your calendar and be here next week for Dr. Tickle's addresses. It's important for us to hear what he has to say as we move forward as a praying church. And I'd also like you to be praying for him, that he will remain healthy, that he'll be able to be with us at his uh, um, transportation from Texas will be here. Another thing about Terry Tickle is he's extremely um, interesting and funny. I mean. He wrote a book with the title, How Do You Pray After You Just Kick the Dog? Okay, so, you know, he's, he's, got, a, he's got a great sense of humor. You will, you will love it. Um, uh, I, I just, I can't stress that enough, that, that you just come and camp out for the day. Camp out for the day in the morning and then, and then uh, early to middle afternoon. Uh, it's, uh, it's, going, it's going to be good. Next Saturday night, we're going to have a, an old-fashioned gospel hymn sing with the bluegrass service. So if you want to come and just sing some old, old songs with uh, the bluegrass group, you're sure welcome to do that. <clears throat> Other things that are, are listed here, um, as you can, you can read, there is, uh, some of you may have it, but most of you do not, a little slip of paper here that talks about the Thanksgiving meal. We uh, are going to be having a special Thanksgiving meal on the 27th, which is Wednesday night. I believe the time is from 5 to 6.30. And on the back of your attendance sheet, if you would be willing to uh, uh, just put, hey, I'm, I'm willing to volunteer. There's different things we need We need um, volunteer for that night. It's, it's like food prep, uh, hospitality, serving, cleanup and dessert donations. So 
you'll be have an opportunity next week to sign up, but they'd love it if you just go ahead and, and put that down. Also, if, if you're going to be, if you know right now that you're going to be eating here next week, uh, put that down as well and how many will, will be here so we can be sure to have enough chicken for everybody um, for the, the, the prayer conference that we're going to have. <clears throat> Along with those announcements, we have a couple others. One is a video that our financial chair, uh, Annika Whiting, is going to be presenting. But as they're queuing that up, I would like to invite Dennis Houston to make his announcement. Everybody give Dennis a warm round of applause and welcome. Good morning. Uh, in the newsletter, we had an article about uh, our Holy Land tour meeting coming up. Uh, it's going to be on Tuesday, December 3rd at 6.30 in the evening down in Fellowship Hall. All right, this is where I pause while you get your pencils out and feverishly write down the time. They're not doing that. Right. <laughs> I would really encourage you to come to that meeting. If you already have signed up for the tour, please come. There might be some additional information, some new stuff you want to hear. And if you haven't decided yet, you're still thinking about it, Please, 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 please come. We want to have you here to uh, hear the information. It could be a lot of good stuff. Um, how many people uh, drink coffee? Show of hands, coffee. Okay, we'll have coffee for you that night. Uh, how many people don't drink coffee or they don't drink it at night? Okay, we'll figure out something else for you guys. Um, and cookies, don't raise your hand. Everybody likes cookies. So we're going to have refreshments. We'll have a good time. And folks, um, seriously, this could be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for most of us to be able to go to the Holy Land and visit the sites where uh, Jesus and the disciples uh, did their ministry. And think about this. We'll be able to go and walk where Jesus walked. And we'll be able to pray where Jesus prayed. Wow. Wow. Church, I just want to send a quick message and ask a huge favor from all of you. About a month ago, we mailed out pledge cards asking you to prayerfully consider your contribution and commitment to the 2020 general operating budget. Here is where my favor comes into play. We've received only a third of the pledge cards that we are hoping for. As it currently stands, we are looking at having to cut the 2020 budget by 3% unless we can get more of those pledge cards in. These pledges are a vital part of the budgeting process and our ability to fulfill God's endless possibilities to make Christ famous here in the Quad Cities through our missions, our ministries, and our outreach. If you've taken some time to think about it and have already prayed over it, you just forgot to turn in your card, we have you covered. There's some located in the pews and you're able to fill them out right now and turn it in the offering plate today. If you haven't had a chance or you feel like you need more time, Take one home, think about it, pray over it. We just ask that you turn it back in in the next two weeks. These are all confidential. They fit into the pew envelopes if you wanna put one in there and then put it in the offering plate. Thank you for your consideration and have a wonderful week. Let's all stand and greet one another.
Let's all sing happy birthday. Stay standing while we begin our worship and praise the Lord. Remember your people, remember your 
breaks the power of sin and darkness whose love is mighty and so much stronger the king of glory the king above all kings who shakes the whole earth with holy thunder who leaves us breathless in awe and wonder the king of glory the king above all kings this is amazing grace this is unfailing love that you would take my place you've done for me who brings our chaos back into order who makes the orphan a son and daughter the king of glory the king of glory who rules the nations with truth and justice shines like the sun in all of its brilliance the king of glory the king above all kings this is amazing grace this is unfailing love that you would take my place done for me worthy is the lamb who was slain worthy is the king who conquered the grave worthy is the lamb who was slain worthy is the king who conquered the grave worthy is the lamb who was slain Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy, worthy. Yeah, this is amazing grace. This is unfailing love. That you would take my place. That you would bear my cross. you've done for me yeah jesus
praises I sing for all that you've done for me. Oh, would you pray with me? Yes. Give him glory. Give him glory. Heavenly Father, we praise you and thank you as we've just sung, Lord, that you'd remember your people. This morning we come to your house. We come to your house to give you praise, to give you thanks, to give you honor, because you are number one in our life, Lord. Lord, we are our hope. Today, as we talk about looking back of your mighty grace that has brought us to where we are right now, to this moment, for such a time as this, Lord, we thank you that we can also look forward to your hand leading us, to your voice guiding us, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for your presence in this place and in our lives. We ask now that you would hear our hearts as we sing that you are our living hope. We love you, Lord. This song could be your story. How great a chasm. How great a chasm that lay between us. How high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the darkness, your loving kindness tore through the shadows of my soul. Oh, thank you, Lord. Is finished, the end is written. Jesus Christ, my living hope. Who could imagine so great a mystery? What heart could fathom such boundless grace? of ages step down from glory to where my sin and bear my shame the cross has spoken the cross has spoken I am forgiven the king of kings calls me it is on all thank you Lord beautiful Savior yours forever Jesus Christ my living hallelujah hallelujah praise the one who sent me free silence the roaring lion declare 
grave has no claim on Then came the morning, then came the morning that sealed the promise. Your buried body began to breathe out of the around here. So I want to let you know, for the past few years, we have taken uh, from the Samaritan's Purse, it's called Operation Christmas Child, and we have filled boxes. So I really, really need your help again this year, okay guys? This is where you ask mom, grandma, auntie, whoever is in your family to help fill a box, or you can bring some things from the dollar store and we will be filling those. You know what? It breaks my heart. Every year I have a mom or dad come to me and they say, you know what, we've just had such a bad year. I just don't know if we're going to be able to afford any gifts for the kids. And I say, God is a big God. And your kids will have gifts. Did you know that? That would be really sad if they woke up and there were no gifts at all, wouldn't it? So this is where you guys come in. Not only will we help people of our own church, but people of the community. Um, there are even places around the world. Could we uh, show the video then? Listen to the video for a minute. There are children's lives around the world right now that are linked to our story and that we're linked to their story through what Samaritan's Purse and Operation Christmas Child makes a reality. The church can sometimes think that it's all about what I'm doing inside my walls. And so part of what this allows us to do is connect in the larger church. We are opening doors for other churches and other parts of the world to do ministry in their local community. The shoebox opens a door. It's more than a box. It's church planting. It's community transformation. Beyond the shoeboxes, the greatest journey disciples them and nurtures them. One church can only do so much, 
the church sharing a common vision allow for us to connect across the nations to reach people that no one church could ever reach by themselves. There's a real story on the other end of that box. And so why wouldn't you want to be a part of a story like this? part of what Samaritan's Purse does, and that's where we come in, because you know what? The church is everywhere. It's not just this church. It's just not these walls. And when you give a gift to a child, it makes their entire day. Sometimes it makes their entire year, because they know there's another child somewhere that cares for them. There's people that care. And so in your bulletin, there's a whole list of items. In a couple weeks, um, I, I hope there's a gift hanging on my doorknob every day of donated items because I really believe that we all have things to offer, that every day we can be thankful. There is always something to be thankful about. So I have some crayons. I have a, a book about Christmas. One of the ladies of the church has been making these for a long time, and they're little yarn dolls. We have gifted people here in our own church that continue to make things. I have a baby shark, to shark, to shark, shark. And I like a little game of Jenga. Anything that can fit into a shoebox, we will be packing those in a couple weeks. And we will pray over each one. So parents, grandparents, I really need your help um, to help the kids know that we can give back and to give back to those that um, just need to smile upon their day for Christmas. Okay? Let's have a prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much. You give us so much. Allow us the opportunity to give back, to bring a smile to a child's face. Lord, you walk with us each and every day. I ask that you protect each one of us. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, let's go. Thanks, Karen. As we continue on our worship service, let's uh, use as an act of worship an opportunity to give back to God some of what he has given to us. So as, receive, as we receive this offering, let's pray for it. Lord God, I ask that you will use this offering to further your work in this world, not only in the Quad Cities, but around the world. We thank you for all that you've given to us and now receive our tithes and offerings and, and utilize them for your kingdom work. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. When the song's through, it's life They're living life through a whole different tune Have you ever met those that Keep hoping when it's hopeless, it's life They figured out what the rest haven't yet The second you realize What you have inside It's only just a matter of time 
sing So the back row hears you glide Cause walking just won't do dance You don't have to know how to Ever since, ever since Grace got you laugh Till your whole side's hurt and smile Like you just got away with something Why? Cause you just got away with something Ever since, ever since Grace got you So when you're standing in the rain again, you might as well be dancing. Why? Cause there ain't no storm that can change how this sends. So next time you feel blue, don't let that smile leave you. Why? Cause you have every reason just to sing. So the back row hears you glide. Cause walking just won't do dance. You don't have to know how to. Ever since, ever since, Grace got you laugh Till your whole side's hurt and smile Like you just got away with something Why? Cause you just got away with something Ever since, ever since, Grace got you Ever since, ever since, Grace got you Grace got you, got away with something Bubbling inside of you, spilling over Cause your life is full, how incredible Undeniable, monumental like the Eiffel Uncontrollable, let the joy pull through Ha ha, giddy up a pretty, pretty leaves Let me see your hands in the air with you out Just see, swarm it up, let go Shout it out, celebrate when you can't articulate You just say, amazing grace The second you realize What you have inside It's only just a matter of it's only just a matter of time till you sing So the back row hears you glide Cause walking just won't do dance You don't have to know how to Ever since, ever since Grace got you laugh Till your whole side's hurt and smile Like you just got away with something Why? Cause you just got away with something Ever since, ever since Grace got you Ever since, ever since Grace got you Oh, Grace got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Grace got you. I love that song. <laughs> Happy birthday. Yeah. <laughs> Banjo girl. I only rap for a few people. Yeah, okay? <laughs> rapping. Banjo girl Josie rapping. I love that. <laughs> You're probably wondering what all this color is up here. These, this is a cool ministry that our church does. The care ministry has a scarf ministry that uh, uh, are, these are given out. And this just is a small section of how many have been acquired. There's been about 500 pieces, and we usually get in about 800 a year. So if you want to be a part of that, uh, you can bring in scarves or hats uh, for uh, distribution. They'll all be given away to, to kids and others who, who need to keep warm this, this winter. So as we go into this prayer time, one of the things we'll be praying for is for uh, these scarves and, and hats and other things that uh, will be given out that uh, God's love will also go with that gift. Let's pray. 
Lord God, I thank you and I praise you that there will be people who are warmer this winter because of the scarf ministry. And I ask that you will uh, bless each item to the point that it will be a blessing to other people and that they will know in simply as they place it on, on them and, and wrap it around their necks or put it on their head, whatever, that it will be a reminder of, of your great love for them. And Lord, I thank you for this time of worship. Our desire, Lord, is to, is to experience you and to receive what you have for us here today. So open our hearts and minds, Lord, that we will receive it. Lord, we each come from a different path. For most of us, the path has been difficult, and yet you've been there every step of the way. So we thank you, Lord. And Lord, there have been people in our lives and in our hearts that you have brought to our attention right now to pray for. And we want you to hear these names, Lord, so that we can be praying as well. So hear these names, Lord, as we lift them to you. Thank you, God, for being so loving that you hear every one of these prayers, both spoken and unspoken, and you'll be answering them in the wisest ways. We love you, Lord. Hear us as we pray together the prayer that you taught us to pray, Jesus. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Today I'd like us to spend some time looking back and looking forward and doing that with a passage of scripture that is easy to remember because it's 222, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. And what I'd like to do is just also read the first verse as well from 2 Timothy, so it would be verses 1 and 2 of chapter 2. And this is Paul. Paul's writing to Timothy, who is a young man who uh, has developed into a Christian leader, and Paul is encouraging him to to step out in his faith and do what he can, Uh, but it's also a very fascinating letter, and I'd encourage you when you go home this afternoon to read 2 Timothy, read it in one setting, and read it as if Paul was writing to you. It's that endearing, it's that special, it's that uh, meaningful and significant. 
And this is what he says in second chapter one and two. You then, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things you have heard me say in the presence of many witnesses entrust to reliable people who will also be qualified to teach others. May the Lord add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his holy word. Let's pray. Lord God, speak to us through your holy word, and may this witness to your word be faithful. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now those words may not have struck you as anything special, but for your pastor, they... They're an endearing message and an enduring challenge for me. When I did my doctor of ministry work, I wrote a dissertation that started out about 400 pages, but by the time they got through with it, it ended up being about 189. But it was all on 2 Timothy 2.2. It, was all, it just was all on that. It, it was, you know, it, when I graduated, I, the, the, they, they had a list of titles of, of the doctor students, and mine was entitled Evangelism Through One-on-One Discipleship. And as I looked through the list of, of the different titles of these doctoral dissertations, mine was the only one I understood. I mean, it, it just... They were also minute, and the words were, I, I couldn't understand any of them, but, but hopefully you get the idea that this is very meaningful to me. And also, you know, it's my birthday, um, and birthdays can and should be times to reflect. And I, I try to take time on each birthday to look at the past and see where I've been and and what I've done, and how I've responded to life events, and it's usually a humbling task as I look and back and recognize how I, I could have done things better, and I could have been more in effective if I had done things a little differently, and the older I get, the, the more there is to reflect back on, obviously, in the rearview mirror, and even though I cannot change the past, I can at least learn from it. Learn from it and understand that the past cannot be changed as we seek to move forward. Now one thing that can be seen in the past is God's faithfulness, how he has brought us through difficult situations in life but that he's always been faithful and that God's hand can be seen even in difficult times in your life. And I hope that I can be like Paul, who says in Philippians 3, 13 and 14, he says, well, one thing I do, one thing, forgetting what what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. He's determined with his life to press on, to not be defined or confined to his past, but to press on, not for selfish gain, but for Jesus Christ. So today, 
Today I want to take a birthday privilege, if you'll let me, and to look back and to look forward. I want to, I want to share some personal things. Would you let me do that today? First, I, I, I want you to know that I love you. I've never quite felt as much love for my church family as I do for you. A full decade of my life has been committed to being your pastor. And I guess maybe because of my age, I realize just how special and what an honor that is. And I've been, I've been influenced by your hard work and sacrifice and many of you have, have done for Christ. It has inspired me and it motivates me to be a better pastor in person. And because of my love for you, I, 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 I want to take this time to just share my heart as I look back and as I look forward. So as I reflect on this birthday, my 40th, well, maybe a few more years, <laughs> first to look back. As I look back, I'm so thankful for those that God had put in my life to teach me about Jesus and about what it means to be a Christ follower. And I, I want you to know it. That I, I didn't make it easy for them, but they wouldn't give up on me. They loved me in spite of times when I was selfish and self-centered. Even when I would question the very existence of God and I'd question my faith and struggle with belief, their love and support never wavered. In this past 10 years, you helped me through the loss of my father and then the loss of my mother. Both are now in their heavenly home. You've helped me with, uh, with kids as those boys of mine turned into adults and all the struggles and, and frustrations that go with that and the worries that parents have. But I'm thankful for my mom and dad's faithfulness in life. You know, they were the kind of parents who went to church and they expected their children to be in church every Sunday. There was no getting out of it. And you, you've heard me explain it's like this. You know, when I got a little older and, and tried to get out of going to church, I'd tell them I was sick. Mom, Dad, I'm sick. I can't go to church. They'd say something like, throw up and prove it. <laughs> and, then, and then if I did throw up and prove it, they'd say, now, don't you feel better? Let's go to church. <laughs> now, they may not have said that exactly, but you get the point. You, you understand it was in my family, in my in my home, in, in my family, it was important to go to church, and we went every Sunday since I was very young. And so I heard the Bible stories. I, I learned all about the Bible, and, and I, I learned a, a lot. And sometimes I felt like I knew more than my, my Sunday school teachers, arrogant little snot that I was. And uh, I remember my fifth grade Sunday school class. It was made up of all boys. Could you imagine that? Fifth class of fifth grade boys. It's enough to make a lot of you just shake thinking about it. And the teacher was 
Dr. Donald Hahn. He was a professor at Western Illinois University, and in an insane moment of his life, he agreed to teach us boys the Sunday school class. So every week he would prepare, prepare a message for us. And he would speak to us about God's love. He would tell us about the Bible and, and things in it. And, and, and to be honest, we were terrible to him. And I is like, I didn't think I was getting anything out of it. Really wouldn't listen all that close. But you know, I had to be impressed with his consistency and faithfulness to us boys. Later on, I was invited back to that church, my home church, to, to preach in front of all those people who had to put up with me as a child. And there, in one of the rows up front, was an older Dr. Donald Hahn. And I had an opportunity that day of just pointing him out. And apologizing for giving him a hard time when I was in fifth grade, but then also to say, Dr. Hunt, I want you to know that a lot of what you said stuck, stayed with me. <laughs> and then there was my, my grandpa, Grandpa Krieg. He started out as a school teacher, but then later became a Methodist Protestant pastor. And he, uh, he always served small congregations. He was, a, he was a country pastor. I don't think he ever served a congregation over 40 people. But he was always a faithful witness, not only to his congregation, but to his family. I remember as a kid going to my grandpa playing stump the preacher. I'd try to, I'd, I'd fire all my hard questions at him. And you know, he'd take time with me and he'd answer them in a very genuine way. And then, uh, then it came time to go to college. And when I went to college, I knew there was one thing I did not want to be. And that was a pastor. And I'll tell you why. Not only my, was my grandfather a pastor, my brother, my oldest brother, he was, a pa he, he was a pastor too. And he was one of those guys that knew he wanted to be a pastor when he was real young. And I had to put up with it my whole life. He's going to be a pastor. <laughs> People would ask me, are you going to follow in the footsteps of your grandfather and your brother? And I'd say, no! I'll make my own footsteps. So I went to college knowing that that was what I was not going to be. I had an interest in art and I had an interest in business and thought I could combine the two and be in, in the art field in a business sort of way. And that's what I started down the road in terms of college. But at the same time, I began taking some courses from Dr. George Lamore. He was the religion professor. And I felt extremely challenged intellectually by Dr. Lamore. He was presenting to me a faith and, and topics of religion that, that stimulated my mind like never before. And so I took more and more courses and finally found myself not only majoring in art but also in religion as well. And 
he used to give me the hardest time. He was, he was he's a rough professor. And I think it was because he saw something in me that I didn't see in myself. And I would try harder and harder to, to uh, meet his expectations in class. And he used to tear apart my papers big time. And, and he basically told me, Roger, you can't write. You just can't write. And, and he, you know, he taught me. He taught me how to write. You know, I'd, in high school, I was in an advanced English course, and he's telling me I can't write. So, you know, he helped, he helped me to such a point that um, I began thinking a little bit about ministry. And this was, you know, like after my, my sophomore year, I realized in two years, I'm, I'm going to be out of college. I've got I to figure out what I'm going to do. And so I went to my pastor, Dr. Jack Travelstead, there in Macomb, and, and, and I said, um, I'd like to meet with you. Maybe you could tell me a little bit about what it means to be a pastor. I didn't say I wanted to be a pastor. I didn't say I was called to be a pastor. I just said, tell me a little bit about it. So I spent about an hour with him, just listening to what he had to say. And thank you. And then later that day, he gives me a call. And he says, Roger, I've been talking with our district superintendent, and he would like you to preach at a couple of churches coming up this Sunday. I said, Dr. Travis said, I didn't say I wanted to be a pastor. I just said I wanted to know what it's, what it's like to be a pastor. I don't know how to do a sermon for crying out. He said, don't worry about it. Come in. We'll talk about it. I'll, I'll, I'll walk you through it. So I did that. I For two weeks, I went and preached at the Friendship United Methodist Church and Hillsgrove United Methodist Church, two country churches out near Tennessee, Illinois. You probably don't even know where Tennessee, Illinois is. And uh, I'm sure they were the absolute worst sermons ever presented to any human being in, 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 in all of humanity. But they... You know, they, they kind of loved me through it. You know, they, they knew the situation, and they didn't laugh too hard at me. And uh, there were about six people at the first church, and then there was a group of people that were at the set, about 20 people at the second church. And, you know, I remember walking into that second church a little early, um, and there was a Sunday, uh, an adult Sunday school class meeting in the back of the sanctuary, and I stopped, didn't want to interrupt them. They all looked at me. Of course, I interrupted. And one of Evelyn Cuba was her name. She, she looked at me and said, come on in. We don't bite. And I thought to myself, well, that's yet to be seen. <laughs> but for two weeks, I met with them and kind of enjoyed it. And, and then after those two weeks, I, I got a call like on Monday or Tuesday of the next week. And it was Dr. Hoffman, the, the district superintendent. He said, Roger. I said, yes, sir. He said, I still haven't found anybody to be pastor of those two churches yet. I'd like you to preach there the next three weeks. Well, I'd already told him everything I knew. <laughs> and then some. But for some reason, I agreed to it and, and, and went and met with him and preached uh, three more Sundays. And then I, got, I thought, wow, phew, that's over. And then I got a call, another call from Dr. Hoffman, and he said, Roger, I've made a decision. You're too young to appoint all year long, but I would like to appoint you week by week for a year at 
Friendship and Hillsgrove Churches to be their pastor. And you know, I'm, I'm getting ready to go back to school, go back to college. I said, Dr. Hoffman, I don't know what I'm doing. Besides, I go to school in Iowa. I would have to drive back every weekend to serve those two churches. And he hesitated about five seconds. And then he said, I know that. It'll keep you out of trouble. It's a fact with my hand up. That's what he said. That was his argument. It'll keep you out of trouble. That's all he said. Okay, sir. And that's how I became a kid preacher, really not knowing what I was doing, you know, bumbling my way through trying to serve those, those good people. The first funeral I ever attended was one I presided over. It was that fresh? It, you know, it just was, everything was new. And after, uh, after I graduated from college, I decided that uh, the next step would be to go to seminary. So I went to, off to North Carolina to Duke University. Here is this uh, kid from the Midwest walking on the Duke campus. And right in the heart of Duke campus is the Duke Chapel. And if you've seen pictures of it, the, the, the spire of that chapel goes up 210 feet. And I'm thinking, what am I doing here? <clears throat> One thing I had going for me is I'd already had two years of ministry, and I knew that what I needed. And I was taking courses that I knew would help me in ministry if I decided to, to pursue that. And I was also stimulated intellectually by Duke and the, the courses. And up to that point, I, 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 I was doing everything on my own power. And uh, I just want you to know that a lot of us are like that, especially you guys. We think we could do it all on our own power. And after I graduated from seminary, I, I accepted my first full-time appointment. It was in Bowen, Illinois. And there in Bowen, Illinois, I began serving full-time. And I was pretty successful. Just more people were coming. And I, even though I was successful, I knew something was missing. I had a great head knowledge. But I knew there had to be more. And it was while I was at Bowen that I went to this uh, pretty new thing that was going around. I basically went to, to check it out, see if it would be okay for people in, in the church to go to. It was called Walk to Emmaus. And there in Springfield, Illinois, I went to, I went to the Walk to Emmaus, and, and son of a gun, they didn't ask me to lead any of it. Even around the table, I, they just said, you sit there, that's fine. I didn't have anything to do. No leadership. All I had to do was just sit there and listen. I remember on, after hearing several messages, God started to really get to me. And then there was a night that I had time in the chapel, and this was, a, this was in like a, a, an old monastery. 
And in this chapel, they had front kneeling area, kneeling rest. I'll never forget kneeling down there. One reason I, I'll never forget is because it, it, it didn't have nice padded kneeling like we have here. It's made out of marble. Folks, if you, if you kneel down on marble, you know you are kneeling. <laughs> and, and as I kneeled there, I, I remember saying, you know, God, um, I think I know what I'm missing. And I know that you, you came and, you, and, and you're a savior of the world, but I've never taken it personally. I just, I just want you to know, Lord, that now I know you died for my sins, for me. Died for me, for the things that I've done wrong. And I want to spend the rest of my life serving you as my Lord. And I want you to know, folks, that from then on it was totally a different thing. The journey from the head to the heart is sometimes the longest journey that we can take. And you're thinking, well, he was a pastor. How in the world did he not get that earlier? All I can say is I'm in good company. The Methodist movement was started by John Wesley, who had this incredible head knowledge. But it wasn't until he was a priest in the Church of England that he finally had a heartwarming experience and accepted Christ as his personal Savior and Lord. And so I want each one of you to be thinking, where are you at? Are you up in the head when it comes to your religion? Or do you have a relationship with Jesus Christ in your heart? I don't, I don't take that for granted. Because I've been there, done that. And I know you might be there. And you, you might need to make that trip from the head to the heart. Paul makes a, quite a convincing argument that the past, good or bad should not hold any of us back from doing what God is calling us to do. So as I reflect back on this last year and my whole life, I, I need to look forward even more. And, 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 and God is not through with me yet. And he's not through with you either. He's not through with you. By being here today, by you hearing this, it should mean that you are leaning into the future with confidence, empowerment, and assurance that, that God is calling you to press on to do that which he wants you to do. And that, folks, is at least reach one. If you've received Jesus in your heart and life, then you need to be reaching out to other people. That's, that's, that's your call. That's what Jesus calls us to do. That's what Paul reminds us to do. And he demonstrated this time and time again. You will see, if, when you read through the New Testament and the book of Acts and in his letters, you will see that, that he poured his life out to people like Timothy. But he also reached out to Silas and Titus and Mark and, 
Epaphras and Luke and Priscilla and Aquila and Gaius. And, and the, the, the list goes on and on and on. He never sat back on his past accomplishments and stated, I'm done. Instead, he pressed on and encourages us to do the same thing. What you've heard from me in the presence of other people, share that with, entrust that with others who will be able to then share it with others as well. There's four generations there of faith sharing. That's our call. Now, I don't know about you, but that's what I plan to do this next year and the rest of my life. Is to be one who's willing to share their faith. I want to try to step up my game. I want to press on to do that. And I hope that Christ Church is the kind of church that will do that. Allow God to, to use you to reach at least one this year, this coming year. And, and when it's all said and done, um, you ever thought about that? You're looking at the future. Yeah. There will come a time when there will be a stone with your name on it. And it'll have a date, which is your birth date. And then there'll be a dash, and then there'll be a, a death date. I've been thinking about mine. Great thing to think about on your birthday and your tombstone. But I, I, you know, I have, I've been thinking about that stone. I've been thinking about my funeral. And then I'm thinking to myself, you know, I'm not going to be there anyway. When it comes to my funeral, I'm going to be in heaven celebrating. And I'm not going to be where that stone is. This, this earthly body, I ain't going to need anymore. Because I'm going to have a heavenly body with Jesus. But I've thought about what would be on that stone. You know, a lot of times you have, here lies so-and-so, good guy, whatever. I even saw, I even saw a cemetery stone recently, believe it or not, that on the back side of the stone it had these words, I told you I was sick. I got a picture of it. So what would you want on your tombstone? If I'm successful at pressing on, and I don't want it there unless I'm not, if, I, if I'm not successful, but if I'm successful in pressing on, I think I would want on my tombstone Second Timothy 2. Two. What you've heard from me. Press on, pass on to others who will then share with others as well. It'd be a challenge. People would see it that it'd be a challenge. You know, Second Timothy 2 2. Uh, you know, maybe that, <clears throat> but you know, be truthful, I won't have much say in the matter. But if it doesn't say that, maybe, maybe it would say something like, 
Go and share your faith with someone who needs love, forgiveness, or hope. Point them toward God and let him save them as he is saving you. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity of being able to share maybe some things I should not have shared. But I ask that you use them to work in the hearts of people I love and that we can all agree that we need to press on and be about your business, leaving our selfishness behind as we share you with others. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Let's all stand together. There's revival and it's spreading like a wildfire in my heart Sunday morning hallelujah and it's lasting all week long can you hear it can you feel it like the rhythm of a gospel song once you choose it you can lose it there ain't nothing, there ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. I've got an old church choir singing in my soul. I've got a sweet salvation and it's beautiful. I've got a heart overflowing spirit sword. There ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. No, there ain't nothing gonna steal my joy when the valley. Wander, turn to mountains that I can climb. Oh, you're with me, never leave me. Cause there ain't nothing, there ain't nothing gonna steal my joy. I've got an old church choir singing in my soul. I've got a sweet salvation. And it's beautiful. I've got an old church fire singing in my soul. I've got a sweet salvation, and it's beautiful. I've got a heart overflowing because I've been restored.
Hey, church, go and share your faith. When someone who needs love, forgiveness, or hope, point them toward God. Let them save them as he is saving you. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and the people of God, shout it. Amen. Amen. I've got an old church choir singing in my soul. I've got a sweet salvation.